Welcome back to Sky Sessions. We are Sidus, Just Add Bacon, and myself, Blaine Candle. Today we're here to talk about all things Skyweaver once again. Hexbound has been out for a little while, um, but the meta hasn't settled down. Just when we were starting to see some dominant decks, nerfs have now been dished out and they've taken effect today. We'll see where this takes us. Before we start today, I just wanted to say a big thank you to uh, Matta, Coulter Baker, and our special guest Ari, all of them that were on the last podcast. If you didn't get a chance to hear that, they are the game designers and the card designers, and they were with us for the last podcast. Check it out. Thank you so much for being with us and sharing your time with us and your insights. But now on to this podcast. Let's start with uh, getting to know how we're doing today. How are you, Cytus? I'm doing pretty good, and as you guys might have known, uh, we all we always have the past train on Thursday, and our uh, Sky Section podcast is on Friday. So we just received what are uh, going to be changed in patch 107. So I'm really exciting to discuss the new change and what it will bring to the meta today. So yeah, how's your day, Bacon? Uh, today's been pretty good. Uh, frankly, it rained this morning, and uh, anybody who's met me can probably guess that I don't like rain. But, you know, I went to classes, I had a good time, went to org meetings, and now I'm here. It rains consistently where I am. Well, that sounds like a skill issue. A skill issue. I am happy where I live, and it took a lot of effort to be able to survive here. Thank you. What about yourself, Handel? You have a good day? Uh, yes, I've had a good day. Work has been interesting. Life has been good. Streaming has been good. I think I'm seeing new people come to Skyweaver because I'm seeing new people pop into my stream and say, hey, I just found this game. I want to talk about it. So I'm bullish on the future of Skyweaver. And that new video, guys, did you guys watch that? The card ownership video? No. Yeah, I'm actually super excited about the video because uh, if you... Look deeper into a video, you might notice that some of the cards showcased in the video actually come in uh, come with animation. For example, uh, Chester is uh, looking uh, from left to the right, and Starfield is blinking her eyes. So I think it might indicate that we kind of have some chances to see a fully animations cards in the future. If that happens, I think that will be the best thing in my Skyweaver career. That would be very sick. Yeah. I uh, I saw a video. I'm not going to put the honest on them of, hey, you created a video where the cards moved. Now make 650 of them do it while interacting with the game. If they can do it, awesome. But I understand if it's for a promotion. I mean, I can live with, with that. Uh, but also... I, I think uh, they have picked some interesting targets. So, for example, I think Chester is a very special card in terms of cosmetics because its effect is a draw two cards, make land, make land gold. So, uh, I, I kind of uh wondering how they choose Starfield and Chester because uh, they are really special cards. Starfield was a community go card and Chester's effect is related to some cosmetic, so not, not gameplay related effect. So maybe uh, we can expect to see some partially animated cards in short future, but I'm not sure about it. We 
freaking hope. Yeah, opium. I guess we should uh, briefly discuss the meta, even though I'm sure there's going to be a lot of changes with the patch just coming out. But let's see, what have we experienced for the last two weeks? And the last week, more specifically, because the first week was very back and forth, exploring new things. But we settled on, you know, Nakamoto May um, for a while, saw a lot of that. Yeah. So uh, the Nakamoto Titan Mai is really a huge threat against any um, aggro to, to mid-range deck because they de develop, develop the board uh, really quick with the with cheating the Soulpire Titan, which is a 7-7 with dash, and also the Deep Sea Serpent, which is uh, usually a zero code 6-6 with shout. So uh, if, if you don't run some hard removal, uh, which most of the strength based do, uh, actually didn't run land, uh, you are going to have a really hard time dealing with these guys. And in the other hand, uh, the most common uh, slow deck in Conquest had been City Cheat. And we all know City Cheat run a lot of hard removals, including Mad Vive, Germinate, Mass Confuse, and in some variation, they even ran Extinction Event. So they are really good at dealing with uh, these uh, large creatures uh, with power equal to heals, so that Madvive and Mass Confuse can kill them on the spot. And once the City Chiefs stabilize and drag again uh, into the later stage, they just have uh, too much value with their uh, core engine, with uh, the units with death effect and the recur uh, recursive uh, recursion spells. So, uh, as we have uh, known, the My Nakamoto will be drawing a lot of cards from OOD, which means you cannot control what cards you get. So, she often cannot compete with City Cheat uh, in a late game. But on the other hand, City Cheat is not that good in early games. So, she will be have a hard time against very quick and aggressive decks such as Fox Hyper and maybe Titus Aggro. So we are kind of seeing a triangular meta right now, uh, in which uh, most of the strength-based aggressive deck will beat City Cheat, and City Cheat will beat My Nakamoto, and My Nakamoto will be beating the aggressive decks. So now that the patch has happened and my Nakamoto has basically had the uh, rug pulled out from under it, what do you predict? Uh, my prediction would be, uh, actually, after the patch 106 change, a lot of cards in Strange Prison, uh, that prison is actually performing pretty well. And now that the uh, one corner of the triangular meta is going to be broke, I think we will be seeing more decks that uh, focusing on the chain-based units, such as Spanning God, uh, or just develop, uh, keep developing good mid-range units. So I think uh, actually one of my creations, which is Mira Search, will be the most popular deck in the upcoming week. That's most my popular. assumption. No, yeah. I think he's right. I, I, we mentioned this deck, and I said this is the deck I didn't want in the meta two weeks ago, maybe even three weeks ago. Gosh darn it! I mentioned it. We put it in the thing, and now 
now it's all over ladder. Now it's seen somebody reached into our podcast and went, maybe I'll, maybe I'll check out what Sidus is cooking. And you got a fresh look at what was coming if you were listening and looking at our podcast descriptions. But we are in the age of Ether Surge decks. But what I predict is going to be happening is we're going to see some aggro come out, um, kind of in reaction to Nakamoto getting nerfed. Is all these decks that have been struggling because they're going to be like, I want to play aggro. I've been wanting to play. And so I'm going to pull my Zoe aggro out and try and kill those, you know, um, Ether Surge, Storm's Echo decks before they get the chance to play Sonic Signal. I have to sadly inform you that will be very, very hard. <laughs> Yes, they are. They have a big board and they have strength units. Um, they are very hard to whittle down or wear out. Yeah, and uh, another point to mention is that patch one hundred seven also nerfed the uh, Bacon's one one of Bacon's favorite unit, Buster Squire. And by favorite, my, I mean he hated. So no, no um, I didn't. What? <laughs> I I had mixed feelings with Buster. It's a bit annoying whenever you're trying to play like control decks because it's very hard to answer the turn one Buster. And I think the turn one Buster is a bit janky. But I mean, I, I like strength having like a good units. I thought like at worst, maybe like, I don't know, maybe you take off the stealth. Maybe you make it three mana. I, I think it was like, of all the changes in the past, I think it might be the only one that was overdone. But even still, like, five mana buster is not like a terrible play. It just yeah. vomits damage into the opponent's face. That's always going to be good. Honestly, yeah. I thought they're never going to nerf buster because I figured they should have nerfed it a month ago. It's been the strongest card in the game for a while, in my opinion. Uh, for for weeks pre hexbound, it's been the strongest card, and they just never touched it. So I I kind of thought they weren't going to. They're just gonna like we're gonna have this op unit. Yeah, um, I'm I happy. Guess, I guess I got used to it. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm happy about the nerf. You know, it, it was something that hurt all decks. You know, especially the turn one. But you know, if you play your Buster, um, you crystal out your Buster or something. They kill your Buster and play their Buster. Say they have Backstab and Buster. Now you're in so much trouble if you don't have an answer to it. Or if they can keep it on the board for a little while. You know, it's it's an easy way to just lose a game. If they can keep it on the board for two, three turns, you're done. Yeah. And as we said, Strength has those impactful boards, those guard boards right now. And when I said I, I was excited to play Zoe aggro, one of the reasons was because Buster Squire won't be something that got nerfed out of it, you know? Yeah, I won't lie. Buster Squire is 100% one of the things that was propping up the uh, Heat Wave build I was running for the past two weeks. Mostly because Buster things, but also because you compare Buster Squire with, like, Yellow Jacks or uh, all these songbirds you just have floating around. And it is horrific. Yeah. Anyone listening to this podcast in the future, so you know, Buster Squire, before the time of this podcast taping, was a two-cost 1-3 with stealth that said, as your left and rightmost attack units attack, give it plus one power. 
and it has Dawnblade attached to it. As of today, the card has been changed to the same two-cost stealth Dawnblade attached, same text, but now it is a 2-1, so one health, way easier to kill, clear from a board, and not have to have it sticky and buff your units for numerous turns. Yeah, it went yeah. from, Just like, require. Yeah, it went from require requiring, like, Aether Lemurie or Strike Down the kill to, like, a Micro Drone. Like, B unit positively trades against Buster. <laughs> yeah, it's not... It's not lo It's no longer uh, a good turn one play because it's a lot easier to kill than right now. Yeah. So the reason I mentioned Buster Square is because uh, in most of the uh, Mira deck right now, uh, we have Mira Anima and Mira Elder Search, and both of them uh, usually run Buster Square and also uh, the how do you call that my. Uh, what is the one cost unit that summon my control? Let me think. Uh, Lapin uh, micro. Yeah. 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 So so this is a strong combo in both deck, and it really helps you to remove uh stuff against the more aggressive deck your opponent might be running. And I think uh after the nerf to Buster Square, uh personally I would I would not run it anymore in my Mira Elder Search deck. And I will probably be running some uh, beefy guard unit instead, such as uh, Iron Show, for example, or or even B unit, uh, because B unit is also uh, have good synergy with Shogun and Iron Show. So um, what what this change will bring to the deck is that it's even less proactive and and more passive and focusing on the defensive aspect of the game plan so uh, it will have a slightly uh, worse performance against mid-range deck but uh, against something like fox hyper or maybe uh, zoe aggro i think uh, mocha's uni uh, actually will provide a better chance to help the mirrors survive into the combo turn uh, by Camelton, I mean the Sonic Signal turn. So <laughs> I think I'm actually happy to uh, play the deck into any Lloyd or Fox Agro. But I will not be happy against something like Horik Me Range, for example. So sorry to you, Blank Handle, if you are going to play Zoe. <laughs> I don't think you will be able to beat my new deck. <laughs> I don't think I'd be able to beat you playing your new deck. There's plenty of people I can beat. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Uh, yes, I've been playing a Mira deck that's a, takes a little bit from your Aether Surge, but is focused more kind of mid-late game. It doesn't do the Aether Surge as a combo. It just has that kind of in its back pocket to have a really explosive turn if you need it versus a control deck or a deck that's taking you to the late game. But it was really kind of focusing on Armis package. And so the Buster Squire reinforce nerfs are going to both hurt that uh, deck significantly. Reinforce was very strong. Poor uh, yeah. mana. Reinforce was just a good card. It didn't matter if you were running other Armus guards or anything. Like, and at the same cost level is uh, Raise Arms, which plays two Royal Mummies. They both have lifesteal. 
uh, their little tutus, and uh, they will dust themselves to heal you for two whenever they die. Raise Arms is kind of like an alright card. It's sometimes good. It's very good against stuff like City Cheat, or I'm sorry, I should call it like City Death, or whatever. But like, you, you drop you drop freaking uh, Reinforce. Just at base, it's two tutus with armor. That's just really sticky. Like, two armored health. It's not quite at three armored health, because like at three, like you just, you're beyond all of the breakpoints. It's really obnoxious to deal with three armored health. But at two, like, you're good. And also, you know, you just casually buff, like, half your board. It's just really stupid. What I saw happening a lot was, you know, you would get your Armist Guard either from Armist Medic or from um, Hex Sentinel. So there'd be one Armist Guard on the board, or you'd play it for five and you'd get three tutus. Or you would have, if it was later in the game, you'd have buffed your Armist Guards a bit, and now they have Wither, they're three threes, and you have another Guard unit. So it was really useful to build really big decks and i did have it in my aether surge package so sometimes i'd get it from aether surge and i'd storm echo and now i'd have you know a whole board of armist cards and this and they would all be buffed twice or three times or four times or just huge yeah i think the main issue is that um it's a board wide buff which also put bodies and the body also happens to have guards so it's really a huge value and I actually like the change to reinforce because before the change, uh, it's kind of too similar to the Mushka after the patch 106 change. So Mushka is now a Ficos for five guard unit, and when 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 you summon Mushka, it will give your other units with guard plus one plus two. So uh, the functionality of these two cards is just too similar. So I think uh, revert the reinforce change back to buffing your robot uh, actually help to distinguish uh, itself with Mushka. So they are now a different kind of strategy, which is always a good thing in card games because it brings variety in your deck building ideas. So I don't hate that. For, for, by, by the way, uh, since we mentioned Mushka, is actually one of the best performing unit in Strange Prison. I don't I don't know what you guys think about this card, but it's kind of OP in my opinion. I'll tell you why it's one of the best cards in Strange Prison right now is because only smart players are playing it. I've been building helping people build strength decks and I'm like, you should put Mushka in there. And they're like, no, I don't know, I don't know if it's good. And then people who know it's good know it's good and they put it in there. And so a higher caliber player is playing that card. Sinus, you just gave me a horrific idea whenever you mentioned Mushka. I'm a I'm a scrolling through like work things right now, because like uh Mechstrom got changed today. We'll be getting to that in a bit, but like I've been looking at like ways that Horik might be able to use that. And I put Shogun in here because I realized that there was that guard synergy. You know, Sinus, would you like to take a guess at how I can just fill my board with guard units like really freaking fast? You mean Jaw of Soul or Ancient Rise? Or Empty the Undercroft, all three of which I'm already running. <laughs> <laughs> sure, fair stuff. <laughs> I would. I think I'd like to play even bigger units. I mean, like, they're already pretty big, but like, what if they were even bigger? 
Yeah. And you can even run some additional buffer like Iron Show. So just imagine you engine rise into something like uh Iron Iron Show, Mushka and maybe uh Bulwark? Breacher. No, Breacher. You... Oh Breacher, yeah. Oh yeah, Breacher's cool. Probably okay, now we have a deck. new idea. Or is it? Oh, we're gonna have to test that. Yeah, just spam guards and then like resurrect them with all kinds of things. Breacher turns your Jar Souls into like a seven mana for three three threes. Mushka makes yeah. some three fours, but uh is not recursive. I guess you could run both. Yeah, it actually sounds great. I can I can't wait to play this deck. I, I probably will do as soon as we end the recording of this episode. Alright, I'll make sure the deck that Sidus makes is included in the podcast description. I'm gonna make one too. We can uh see whose uh wild theory craft is better. <laughs> sure. Yeah, now it's a competition. <laughs> Okay, do you guys want to touch on... Well, we'll get to Mechstrom last. Let's go with Shogun. How do we feel about the Shogun got switched from a 2-3 to a 3-3 Inspire Guard gain plus 1 plus 1? So, Contention 1 is dies to Mad Vibes. Contention 2 is... It's still good. I mean, 2 mana 4-4. Four, four. It's just... LOL. Good stats. Yeah, I think it's uh, fair enough, but... Uh... Uh, whoever runs a deck that focusing on God's strategy will probably still run Shogun, so it it won't really change a lot. I think that that is kind of the sign, in my opinion, of the best nerfs are nerfs that happen to cards that do make them worse, but they still run. Like yeah. that that's a good sign of a nerf. Is like, hey, it is more fair, but we still run the card. That means. It's still a good card. And I think this is exactly an example of like, like you said. It's still a good card. It's still going to get played. It's a little less annoying for people. Um, easier to answer early and therefore get out of the sticky situation where it just grows and grows and grows. Not necessarily that you can, but I think it's a good card. It's a good nerf, and it's not going to kill it. It is slightly more fair when it starts stealing the game because it was easier for it to have been killed. Right, yeah. Do you want to touch on the Nakamoto and Burnout? Uh, I don't want to go into detail on those personally, but if you have some insight on the Burnout and Nakamoto nerves... Yes, I, just, I think I'm, you need to apologize. I don't have strong feelings about this. <laughs> yeah, I think I can maybe talk on the Nakamoto uh, nerve uh, briefly, but um, the change is kind of sudden. Like, I, I was not expecting it, so uh, I cannot go like really deeper into it but I can provide some of my opinion so uh, I have made a lot of Nakamoto decks uh, including the original uh, Nakazen and also after the Hexmall invasion I made uh, Nakapunch and I also have made another Nakamoto deck that is was focusing on the interaction with Tom Golan which is Nakaclap which uh, centering around uh, trying to OTK your often with the Andromeda and Clapback combo. And Which also, we're going to talk about in just one second, they got yeah. rid of another way. Because Pandora is also changed. Right. In, yeah, Pandora's space. 
So um, during this test, I actually tried to build some variation with Nakamoto deck that uh, is not focusing on playing Nakamoto as soon as possible. So in most of the uh, Nakamoto mind deck, uh, you might see in the meta, uh, usually have a combination of six to eight units and uh, 22 to 24 spells. So in this ratio, uh, you should be really trying to play Nakamoto as soon as possible because uh, it just gives you the max value. Uh, but uh, I also uh, tried to build some Nakamoto decks that require more combo pieces. Uh, and, and usually some of the combo pieces might be spells. So you kind of have to draw the key spells before you play Nakamoto. Otherwise, uh, they will get dusted by uh, Nakamoto's summon effect. So uh, there was something like the uh, hybrid Floodwater decks with, with Nakamoto. So we try to play Nakamoto after we draw enough uh, key water cards. And then we can try to get Floodwater from OD by using uh, Angler. So there are these kind of decks. And when I try to play that test these decks, uh, I usually play Nakamoto on turn 6 to turn 8. And at that point, usually there will be around only 10 to 12 spells left in my deck. So uh, in my opinion, after the change to Nakamoto, it could be still viable, but you have to be really, really careful about your deck building plans. Like you can you can no longer run Nakamoto decks with a ratio of, for example, eight uni plus 22 spells. Now you have to do something like maybe 11 uni plus uh, 19 spells, for example, to be able to uh, make it more robust. But I don't think the change will kill Nakamoto completely, but uh, it will be enough anyway. But I'm still going to try to build some Nakamoto decks after the new patch. So, yeah. Can you listen to my idea and tell me why it's a terrible idea? Yeah. This is just, yeah, It's I'm sure it's bad because something I thought of pretty immediately that I didn't feel confident about it all, but I thought, hey, in theory, I would like to see why this isn't such a good idea. I was wondering, like, a big Mira, you know, focused on really big units and lemur and stuff with pretty much exclusively removal spells, the cheapest removal spells you could get, and uh, then use up your removal to keep the board state kind of clean until late game, then Nakamoto, and you're only drawing big units. Just a thought. Mm, I don't hate it, because uh, uh, in the Mira Ella Search deck, you uh, we kind of see some interesting interaction between some high-value cards like as a Zamio and also the new text trifolds from Hexbound Invasion. And this all will work pretty well with the uh, big uni strategies because uh, it opened the possibility for you to keep some uh, big uni you kind of want to play in your hand and you just uh, and Ellen Lemuel and Hex Treefolk is just excellent card 
if your generic game plan is to drag the game into the lay game because they are uh, very, very cost efficient in terms of uh, putting state on board. And also you have some very good unit in Strange Prison that support your game plans, for example, Rootalk. And also, uh, if you are going to get Nakamoto from Casting Chrome, uh, you can also use Casting Chrome to do a lot of uh, different approach, such as Casting Chrome into Rootalk is always nice. And Casting Chrome into Hex Treefolk while you hold a for example, as a well in your hand is also good. So you have those. And as you mentioned, Strange Prison actually has the best uh, removal in the early game. So you have you have Strike Now, you have Arcane Ray, you, you even have Soul Town and Mortal Bro. And you also have great uh, kids in Intellect Prison, such as Germinate and Mad Vive. So I think you can really uh, stabilize with your uh, ball state into the mid mid game or even late game with Mira right now because uh, the removal spell combination in these two prison is just really good. So I think it's possible. Oh, thank you. That's so nice. And the burnout nerf is very similar. It's just dust dust ten cards from your deck instead of dust dust your deck still draw four i don't need to go into detail on that change it's just if you have a full deck i think it can be good soul pyre titan might have even gotten better in aggro zoe in certain cases because now you can draw cards dust 10 and then if it still goes longer you have more burn possible i don't think it really matters that much but yeah let me rephrase for uh newer players what it means when it says dust 10 it does not mean, ah, these 10 cards are completely gone from the game and you don't have them. Don't think of it that way. Instead, think of it as, you know what 10 cards are in the bottom of your deck. And the game was going to be decided before you drew them anyways, so now you're just playing with more information. That's a really good point, yeah. Because you, that, uh, why did, I didn't even think of that right away. Because it'll show you what it does, and you'll, you'll be able to look in your deck and see you have a less expansive list of things you can draw so you can plan better for your draws from that point on yeah be careful with that though because like you know if you suppose you're playing a very particular matchup where it's like okay i know that they are going to try and play like dracomantium with buckler up as soon as possible and if they do that i cannot win unless i play great gusto well in that case you could have a situation where your opponent actually can't play their combo until they see Gusto because they know you have it. Say they played like a previous match or whatever. So basically you can just bluff Gusto and stop them from playing the thing that would win the game. But whenever you dust cards, even like from your deck, it is also revealed to the opponent what cards were dusted. So like against old Nakamoto decks, whenever they would play their Nakamoto, I'd immediately go through, look at all their removal spells that they played, and then because people are morons who are uncreative, I would know exactly what removal spells they were holding in their hands. Be careful about... to run all metal ones. Yeah, yeah. Be careful about uh, just rampantly dusting spells, because that information will also be revealed to your opponent. And if they look through and they see, oh wow, they just dusted 10 units from their deck, well then suddenly the win cons of the game become very different. 
Similarly with spells, if they look through and they see that all your good removal is gone, then they know that they can play whatever they want and you will not be able to kill it. So be careful. Yeah, very insightful. And I can share another uh, perspective about the burnout change. So uh, even before the burnout change, um, uh, I, I, I am the one of the best deck builder in Chinese community, Xia Yu. Uh, has been cooperating in building a Eris Banner OTK deck without main decking Mountain Lion. So our game plan is to uh, summon Mountain Lion from OOD using Dream Calling. And by that, uh, I mean we main deck every single other 7 coast unit in our deck. And oh, by the way, all the 7 coast unit in uh, Iris is actually pretty good, so you don't lose a lot of value by main decking land. So, I mean, if you try to do similar strategy, like you you want to empty your deck as soon as possible to be able to draw some key cards from OD using a certain tutoring card like LG Throb, Casting Chrome, Dream Calling, or Blast Command, and, and so on and so forth, maybe you can uh, utilize with the New burnout, and I'm not sure, but that is a possibility. I love, I love the tiers here. I give you the very basic thing it does. Bacon goes into the expansive strategic thing, and then you go into the super advanced. Like, okay, we can create cards out of nothing based on what we dust. Thank you for all your insight, Bacon yeah. Insidus. Yeah, just set your seed value on your computer to like 32, so that way every time you play Prismata, it always conjures the dream calling you need. And that way, whenever you play it, you just get, like, Norsidovest to remove their board. And then you'll play, like, the uh, the one-mana speed boots, too. Do you really have the deck space to put all the, all the mind spell and air spell? Do you really have the deck space to put all the freaking seven-mana units from Iris into your build? All, they are actually only four, and all of them are... A decent unit, actually. Well, I'm looking we're, at them we're now. Including Wukin Scrapper, who would be in the deck anyway, probably. Well, yeah. look at this. Look at this. We've got Sears Mask. Okay, not great. Mind Rune, usable. Puppet Strings, good. Card Sling. Card Sling is going to save the bacon here, because it means that we get to pick between Sears Mask and Menglong's Wish and immediately discard it from our deck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dreams Undent is a very slept on draw spell. Mengalong's Wish is Mengalong's Wish. Uh, Sot Leader, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's not the best. Dream Calling is what we want to get with our out of deck. And then uh, Twist and Turn is, um, we'll find some other way to cheat with that spell. Oh, and Eldritch Lore. Eldritch Lore is good. Yeah. Sidus, I've got a deck building challenge for you. Find a way to make Dream Calling off of Prismata work. <laughs> Yeah, so we're going to out-of-deck Dream Calling to out-of-deck Mountain Lion now. We're going to ignore the cards we put in the main deck. Those aren't the point. No, I mean, he wants to pull Nosu the Best from out-of-deck and use one called Speed Boost. And hell, <laughs> you, you have too many air spells in Iris. And I don't think all of them are good. There are a lot of air spells. Like, yeah. you have too a lot of draw. Don't yeah. tell me the odds. I'm sure we can get Hurricane and Warden's Command to work in the same deck. It's just a matter of innovating. <laughs> and, and yeah, secrets too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's the classic uh, 
Secrets Se- command. Yeah, hey, yeah. You can you can play secrets for zero after you play Pizrata, I, I, I suppose. Oh, oh, we can play we can play a unit. Our our hand will be entirely full of like air and mind spells. So we can for fourteen mana play a unit, play secrets on it, and then play hurricane, and then our unit doesn't die to the seven mana mass confuse. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess that's the one we'll cover next. The another nerf is mass confuse moved up to seven mana from six. At the same time, they reduced the cost of Extinction Event from 7 mana to 6, and they removed Wither from Extinction Event. How do we feel about this? This is the part where everybody cheered. The dragon is slain. <laughs> Says the Horic player. Yes. Well, I was actually, like, my Horic dig is actually pretty fine in the Mass Confuse, because the whole, like, strength of the deck... Is that like I can just play Ancient's Rise and then you have to play Mass Confused or I win? And then after you play Mass Confused, alright, cool. Round two, bitch, Jar Souls. And then they're just screwed. So like I, I was good with Mass Confused. It did not affect me personally. I just recognized that it was a very stupid card. Yeah. I, I, I can't say how many times Mass Confused has saved my butt. I that card, I run it in City, I run it in Mira, and it's Saved my butt so many times, so it does hurt to see a nice little parachute um, get more expensive. Well, that's exactly the issue with it, is that it was just such a free get-out-of-jail button. Like, I was playing uh, my aquarium uh, after, like, the ladder reset or whatever, and because I was back in, like, the low ranks again, or relatively low ranks, I uh, kept queuing. And the, like people on next room, I'm like, this is kind of irritating. So what I did was I took a uh, freaking sync twice and puppet strings and shoved them in my deck. And I'm like, yeah, these cards are good. And whenever I ran into those people, I'd immediately just like puppet strings or shroom, kill it, and then they'd cry because they couldn't do anything. Guess what was right above that puppet strings for my uh, think twice draw? Mass confuse. The double mass confuse. <laughs> I wipe your board, and then, believe it or not, I wipe your board again. I did pull a really sick Mass Confused combo on a banjo the other day. I was playing Mira, and they did all this crazy stuff, and they were a removal banjo, and they were fatiguing and exhausting and playing all this stuff, and I was building boards, and they were wiping it, and I I was still doing damage, because I... But... He was getting to his big finale, which was Tentacle Eruption, and he was so proud of it. He he played uh, an em- ex- yeah he played Glitch Break on an empty board just to get an eight eight Tentacle, and um, played Tentacle Eruption, and he's like, haha, got you, and I mass confused and daze them all, and he's like, well, I just have to wait one more turn now because they have Barrier and there's nothing you can do, and then I Souls Echo and it mass confuses <laughs> him again. You know what would have solved that problem for a lot less mana? Whelm. What's that? Whelm, yeah. I Whelm. Can't run Whelm and Mira. It's always back to Whelm. <laughs> okay, so in terms of the mana cost, I think this is really a fair enough. But also, uh, the fact that Mass Confuse get changed to 7 cost means I would probably run Mass Confuse in my Mira Search. So before the nerf is 6 code, 
so it has no synergy with Hex Trifolk or SNMU for cards like that. And yet also, uh, we don't really want to play Elder Surge into six codes because it's not enough value. But seven codes feel like uh, we have just gained one mana for free. Guys, which... it's a it's a buff. It's a yeah, buff. Yeah, it is a buff. I mean, <laughs> hang on, hang on, like... hang on. <laughs> so when you play Ephra Surge and you draw a Mass Confuse and you play the Mass Confuse now for zero mana, but you already did invest eight from your Ephra Surge and you get whatever other card that's also zero mana. If that Mass Confuse costs six mana, no, it's not really enough value. It's not good enough. We can we can do better. Whenever it gets moved up to 7 mana. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Great, great Ephra Surge target. See, now That's it's... Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what he said, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, about... it's just a math equation to him. It's not about what the card does or no, how it affects no, the game or even if they have a board. It's a math equation. No, it's literally the same card when you draw it that way. It, nothing has changed except for the niche interactions with uh, no, Treefolk. It's, a, it's all about psychological satisfi yeah, satis Sidus, satisfaction. Sidus <laughs> saw six on the spell and went, well, I can disregard this one. <laughs> okay. I love that. Uh, what about the extinction event uh, reduction in cost? Do you think we'll see that? Eh, it'll be played. It's, it's better. It's not quite as nasty as Mass Confuse. Because A, it doesn't daze, and B, it also whacks your own board. But, I mean, it'll still be good. The vast majority of units cannot live past Extinction Event. Ironically enough, Titanic can, and now it survives that with like 11 health, so I don't know what you're going to do I about think... that last point. <laughs> I think the issue is we run into so many decks running tokens, like Armus, like Armus Guards take zero damage from Extinction Event. If oh, you man. only have Armist Guards. If you play Bulwark, yeah. they take 7 damage. I understand, but there are decks that run low boards with buffing mechanics that now won't even get withered, and there's certain cards that don't take any damage. One thing that really was a struggle when you played, let's say, against Mira Anima or any Anima decks, they're so buffed up and their cost is so cheap that Extinction Event will do very little against a Nima deck. You know yeah, what you also... should be doing against, like, low-curve aggro decks? Wham. Whelm, it's Whelm again. <laughs> <laughs> it's the William Aftum of removal spells. It always comes back. <laughs> I think the funny thing is, you hate Wisdom so much, and yet you talk about Whelm so much. I think we should make you only play decks that have Whelm in them. Oh, I played, like, only Wisdom for three months whenever the game came out. I hated it. I changed my profile pic to, like, a negative color image. And I was, like, evil bacon. And I went around being, like, nice to everybody and just saying positive things. <laughs> no, you do not want me on Wisdom. I'm far less entertaining. I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> <laughs> so what I think about this nerf is that it will probably hurt CT death, uh, because just as uh, Blankhandle mentioned, uh, for example, if a CT death is playing against the Anima Mira, and the, cur the curve swap 
between mass confuse and extinction event will probably affect her ability to control the board. Uh, and we also have to consider the fact that extinction event lose the wizard now. So if you play the card against uh, Mira Anima before the nerf, uh, even so it cannot kill the robot, but it will uh, significantly uh, weaken the units of Mira by a lot because it has wizard, but it's not the case now. And I think the two most popular decks that might run extinction event is Banjo Control and City Death. But I don't think it matters a lot for Banjo because uh, if you run correctly, the curve swap does not really affect your game plan a lot. But it's, it's slight, slightly harder to run with City Death in my opinion. So maybe uh, City will be the hero that suffer the most from this nerf in my opinion. I agree. Yeah. Uh, let's bring up Pandora. I know this must have hurt. Did you see it live? Did you see the patch notes live? Did you watch them kill your puzzles, Cytus? I, I don't want to talk about this. You do, do you, like the public square where they just... The puzzles are not dead. Executed your puzzles? The puzzles are not dead. You can... Here, the cool thing about the puzzles is that whatever version they're made in, unless like you go in and update the puzzles, I don't know exactly how that works. This is just what like I've heard from the devs. As long as like you don't update the puzzles, or I guess just generally mess with them, they will remain as they are in the current version. And you can also yeah. still access like Brainstorm in the uh, sandbox mode. Yeah. So the thing sure. is, uh, I think the this kind of change... Uh, will affect less uh, for my puzzles because as you can see in the sandbox, you are freely to add anything as attachment to any unit. Uh, so for example, if you if you really like to do it, you can give Titanic stomp, like it, it's really reasonable. And the player who play your puzzle will see, okay, so this dinosaur can stomp for 11 damage, it's fair. So, uh, I think even if Pandora's attachment got changed to barrier, but if you if in any specific puzzle you want to switch the attachment into something else, I think the player will kind of understand. So uh, the kind of change that really hurts the puzzle is the Teenage Witch bug fix with patch 106. So uh, this will really uh, urge me to update all the puzzles with Teenage Witch, Witch related because I don't really want to uh, bring confusion to players uh, because they, they might be playing games starting from patch 109 for, for example and they, they play two months and decide to give some puzzles a try and they find out that in order to solve this puzzle you have to uh, use certain game mechanic that is not the same at as the live version. So uh, after the Teenage Witch change, I actually update all my previous puzzles to not use the uh, bug related to the Teenage Witch uh, mana effect. So uh, if, if they introduce this kind of change, I will have to update all the puzzles, but not for Pandora 1. So I will not change a single puzzle 
Relate right. to well, what about that. your decks, though? You got you definitely lost some decks, huh? Yeah, I delete like ten decks today, and I'm not happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think in agility, doing agility things, Pandora just got better, though. You know, maybe oh, even live yeah. a turn and draw you more cards. Yeah. So it, it seems like Pandora for drawing definitely got increased. And, you know, I'll probably play better with this Pandora because I was the idiot who would see, oh, I have one minute of float and I have a card I should keep for next turn, but I want the one banner and I'll just draw a random card instead and play Brainstorm, even though it had no positive effect at all. And I just couldn't help myself from using my mana. Yeah, I think, I think it's... Oh. Yeah, okay, you go first. Uh, I was going to say something snide. You go first. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I was trying to say uh, this card is actually uh, better for new players to play because its effect is simplified and streamlined, which is always a good thing in new player experience. So um, as Blank Handle just mentioned, uh, some players will just try to play anything they can play uh, if they have mana to do so. And often this might introduce the incorrect or inaccuracy play, but sometimes this kind of plays will get you a good result because you got lucky for your draw from Brainstone, for example. And this might build a false memory of the uh, relation be uh, between certain game action to their result. So a new player might think, Oh, I play Brainstorm and I get a good card. So if in the future again, I have the chance to play Brainstorm, I should play no matter what the boss they was. And this is actually wrong. So uh, that's why a card with slightly complicated effect will be really harder to learn for new players. Uh, so I think the best to present for new players is actually change and, uh, and agility. So uh, in and in recent patches, including patch 106 and patch 107, uh, we have been seeing some cards in these two present get streamlined. So I think if their major goal is to uh, provide better new players experience and retentions, they have been doing a good job. Even so, I love Pandora. Uh, I still like how it how she is changed in Patreon 7. Yeah. I think you can ask most people and ask them what the first hero they got to master was, and they'll say Fox. Most people. Yeah. I was just going to say that as like a generic unit, Pandora is like a lot more threatening. 3 mana 3 3 is a stat line that Pandora used to have all the way back in Close Beta, and at that, with Brainstorm attached, it was good. It has Barrier now, which means that basically, if you have board control, it's going to take something like a, a Steam Knight or a Spellbreaker to uh, reliably get through it, unless your opponent has just a lot of resources to crowd it. Which is just, like, really good, because this is, at worst, uh, I mean, at worst, it draws nothing. But if you have, like, any ability to manipulate your hand at all, it's just a 3-mana three 3-3 three, three that draws a card and also has barrier. On its own, that is good. If it draws two cards, that's really good. If it draws three cards, that's wacky. So, uh, yeah, Pandora... And if it draws six over two turns, it's out of control. 
If it draws six over two turns, your opponent is bad at the game and should probably uninstall. <laughs> yeah, I think the barrier on this card is really good right now because uh, in a aggressive deck or a blue deck, and you would really want to have something surviving on the board after your opponent plays certain AoE spell. So the barrier really forces your opponent to think. Do I just kill this guy with certain removal, like Judgment, for example? I, I know it's a bad example, but let's just uh, yeah, give, yeah. use Judgment as an example. Or do I play Burning Maid to kill every other unit, but leave Pandora alive? So that our opponent would probably be able to draw some cards in, hi in his or her next turn. And uh, this introduced more decision-making for mid-range and control decks against an aggro matchup. So I think this is always a, a good thing. Uh, so actually... Let me, let me put things this way. Uh, Pandora is a mine unit. It is going in my heatwave deck. As soon as I have literally any free time at all, and I'm done testing around with fork things, I'm just going to be jamming heatwave nonstop and... There is no chance that Pandora is going out of the Heatwave deck until it is nerfed. <laughs> I am very positive on this card change. I think it is very good. Did you guys notice that Pandora has got the like Ethereum logo on it? What? No way. Uh, okay, I will not it's lie. It's very similar, I, yeah. I'm pretty crypto illiterate, but uh, I kind of see it. Good job, Blank Candle. You said your smart thing for the day. <laughs> I I can match picture. Uh, let's really quickly like mention Iron Mask. Uh, there's probably some wacky place that this could be useful in some area, but I think it's pretty pretty much hurt the card in every way you can think of. They changed it from uh, zero cost if your deck is empty. Give your hero. Armor and Banner, originally 10 cost, is 0 if your deck is empty. Now it's a 3 cost if your deck has no units. Give here Armor and Banner. Do you think there's anything positive about this nerf, Sidus? Oh, I have a question for Bacon. Yeah. Did okay. you remember the Rata Banjo deck? Yes. Now he will be coming back with even less unit in his deck. And he oh, will no. be playing Iron Mask on 3. Alright, so y'all... Uh, you gotta know. You get Jikinsu, a... you get... Hang on. Um, sorry. They don't, yeah, they don't know what we're talking about. So there is a very good player who I ran into on a ladder only a couple times. Never been able to track them down on the Discord, although I would love to invite them over to Foxfang. Uh, they are Rata. I hope I'm <laughs> saying that right. Wait, I wonder if that's Mata, because if so, that would be absolutely hilarious. No, there's no way that's Mata. <laughs> there's no, no I'm way. pretty sure this person pre-exists Mata. In any case, every time I have ran into them, they've always been playing a Banjo deck. And what their Banjo deck does is usually it has something like Ponderous, Libra, Jikinsu, Zavi, and then 26 removal spells. And also Floodwater. Floodwater will not draw units, it will draw more removal spells. And every game against this person is generally me beating my head into a wall while I try to beat them, because I know that they are playing the game on a different level from me, and that this would be meta if people simply had this person's complete, like, iron constitution. 
for being able to play this monstrosity. I would, I definitely would quit the game before I play that deck. It's got Mass Confuse, Extinction Event, Glitch Break, Encapsulate, Germinate, Deactivate, Whelm, Hydrate, because, you know, you need more, like, your opponent has to play units for you to kill them, so, like, it gives them the false glimmer of hope, it does psychic damage. Uh, Seal of Doom, Prismata is in there, I know. And then, of course, like, the Floodwater to recover things like, uh, what was it, Waterline, and the Hydrate and Whelm and all that. I think it runs Turtle, too, and also, like, just the standard ramp package. You know, it, it does removal weaver things. Oh. To make things worse, they also run Invest and Manage Memory Mandate. Yeah, so, yeah, I forgot. It, oh, and freaking uh, Whisk Away, too. Just yeah, card, so, card advantage, the spell. <laughs> what, I, I saw him run Nessie once, too. Ooh. That's probably for, like, some very specific thing he saw one other player do. It was probably like, ah, uh, yes, the buckler up Dracomantium that everybody is running. I need to be able to counter that, too. So he threw Nessie in. No, he played at turn one, and he was Dude. just waiting with his, like, he's just using removal on all your cards, and... Just letting Nessie grow by any time you build a board, he lets Nessie grow, and then he kills your board. It was weird. So there is a cool uh, mana trap with Nessie that you can do. If you go second, and you play your mana potion into Nessie on an empty board, you have spent three mana to develop what is a 1-6 with stealth. There are a couple of removal spells that can actually answer this pretty effectively. Deactivate is a pretty good answer. Fire Rune is an alright answer, because, like, you know, the flames are there, but they'll probably just remove the flames. But there's not really a ton of good answers. However, what you really can't do is play one unit. Because if you play a unit, we'll say you spend your mana, you spend two mana to play a unit, your opponent plays Encapsulate, or non-encapsulate, uh, Capsize, and returns it back to your hand. It was a three-mana spell, and then you play your two-mana unit again, you play the mana potion, uh, it's now one. It's three mana altogether. Except what you've basically done is you've stalled your opponent. Your opponent, if they don't play that card immediately, you basically just like got a free kill spell off of a unit. And you also still have board control going into like turn four, which is really handy for mid-range decks like my aquarium. Anyway, I just thought it was weird that he played that card that one time I one of those times I played against him but yeah I've we've seen that deck we've seen him and I'm glad that Bacon loves him and can put him in Foxfang that will equalize our emotions oh yeah I recruit all of the most disruptive players to the meta I I celebrate people who like break the meta so long as you admit that you've broken it <laughs> Like, like Sidus Cy here, like, he, he hides it, but he's on the server too. Like, we chat about things. Yeah, and, and even a glorious Fox fan initiate. <laughs> it's a cult. Uh, we have robes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's get back to the uh, yeah. new potential Benjo deck. Uh, so, as you can see, Benjo has a lot of uh, options to throw units from his deck. For example, they have Fish, they have Teleport, and they have the Tempest Blue. And as, as you can see, the Teleport will bring you a two-cost unit. So if you really need to run some uh, high-end options, such as uh, 
Debra or Amarath or Menlong, for example, you can just uh, play Gizad as the only units in your deck, and you will be able to draw Gizad with Fish or Teleport, and Gizad will draw you one of the high cost units. And you can try to get other units from, uh, for example, Tempest Blue. So you should be able to empty your deck from units uh, real quick. And that's when uh, your Iron Mask will be uh, costing 3. And just to add, on, add something on top of this, you also have a 100% tutoring uh, option, which is Seek. And Seek will get you the Iron Mask if it is the only 10 cost spell you are running in your deck. And after you get it from Seek, it will cost 1 mana and give your hero uh, armor and burner. So there are definitely options to uh, utilize uh, with this new Iron Mask. Uh, but generally, I think this is a nerf. And we will probably not see this card uh, outside from Banjo, in my opinion. But uh, I think it will be a decent card in a Rata Avenger deck. No, it's no. fine. You, yeah. I, I edit the podcast, everybody. So him theory crafting this deck is getting edited out. And no one will hear about this deck or get the idea to build it. Or this conversation. Don't worry about it. I'm kidding. I don't censor the news. I am the news, though. No, we will put... Uh, I'm not going to... Type up if you guys want to put a variety in the comments, you can. Otherwise, um, you just put every removal in the deck, and now you include Seek and Iron Mask. Yeah. Y'all just remember the blame sidest whenever like it becomes annoying and everybody hates it. We have to blame Sidus for the current Mira Ether Surge deck too. Sidus, you seem what to cause a lot of problems. What do you mean? It's a very you are you are literally role. like the redheaded middle child of this group. Uh, well, I wouldn't say that. His profile pic literally has red hair, and he is literally in the center of the Discord call. <laughs> yeah, and this is a strange unit, which means it's a fair unit. Right. Yeah. And you're what, this. What Discord did I agree profile. to? It's a fox, which is not a, a fair unit at all. It's agility. Those are also fair. No, it's a two close two four. It's not fair. This is Fox Familiar, sir. That's a one mana one three. No, you play Fox Familiar with Supersonic, uh, at 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 this meta. You don't play Fox Familiar with one. Well, if we're talking that shit, so it's then not it's one a one. Cost, then. Yeah, so it's a two mana two four. Yeah, it's. Which... That does one damage. Yeah, it's Breaker and Crab. also throw one cost. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and okay. don't forget deck setting. Well, we have one more card to talk about uh, on the balance patch. that Patch 107. And that is some card that we talked a lot about during the last episode. And we have talked a lot about it in the Discord. Mostly the new players trying to calm them down and convince them to continue <laughs> to play in the game. But they did nerf it. They did nerf Mechshroom. Yeah. If you don't know, the card was a one cost, one, two, with lead that returned this unit to your deck. It gains plus two, plus two for the rest of the game. And now it is the same card, except for it has three health. 
and it gains plus one, plus one for the rest of the game, slowing it down significantly and reducing its ability to overwhelm with guard and slow down and stop and attack with it. Yeah. So in terms of the protection it provided, it's actually better at, at first cast and kind of equal on second cast and just just worse after the third cast and beyond. So um, in my opinion, it's no longer a, a valid wincom in uh, generic uh, measurement recursion decks because it's just too slow in terms of uh, power value, but it, it still provides decent protection during the early game. So uh, I have had a little discussion with Bacon before we started re we started to record this episode, and both of us think it should be the valid option in a Horic Control or Horic Dig deck to be able to uh, bring more uh, stabilized board on your side during the early game. So I guess Bacon would have more opinion to share regarding the measurement nerf. Yeah, so first off, uh, y'all, like, I've been, I try to, like, keep very on top of the Discord. There's been, like, a bunch of very strong opinions on cards, like, especially after the patch. We all have our ideas. We all have, like, our pet decks that we really enjoy. We all think that, like, certain changes or whatever are going to kill the game. Try to be a little patient with like waiting and see how card changes happen even like the most well thought out ideas can fail to pan out something that like i've seen happen to my own deck ideas many many times so first off like chill secondly i think that something a lot of people forget whenever they're evaluating cards is that basically what any given card does in a deck is it fulfills a certain role the role of a card is actually like very wild and it changes constantly throughout a game sometimes a card will be a win con other times it's a threat other times like a card can honestly be a bluff it's better to never play a card sometimes what i think might happen with mechroom and this is something that i've kind of observed with the card for a while is i think that its role actually changes dramatically with this uh rebalancing and i highly agree there is it's just not a win con anymore i don't think it really can be there was hardly the draw power to support Mechstroom as a win con to begin with, and any time Mechstroom was ever even like remotely close to being a like powerful deck, everybody just runs Mind Control and Boogie Boogie and Puppet Strings, which are already like good cards. So if you're on the Mechstroom, you just like ramp it up for them, you steal it, and then like you run them over with their own win con. That's not really great for anybody trying to seriously play Mechstroom. But also, like, it kind of creates a deck tax, because, like, now every deck you play has to have one of those cards, if Mechstrom was ever good. Which, again, it wasn't really, but part of the issue was how easily counterable it was. For those of you who are especially worried that you're never going to get to play Mechstrom again, I think you might actually have a better chance of running Mechstrom in a competitive deck now. So why is that? Well, first off, it's not so easily counterable. Or, I mean, it's just as easy to counter it as it was before you just run Puppet Strings. But if you don't build your entire deck where Mechroom is the only singular focus and you have other win cons, well, whenever they steal your Mechroom, all right, cool, it's a 4-6. It's a 
your deck can't really support it, you don't have the draw power, I will win with other cards. But why are we running Mechroom in our deck to begin with? Well, Mechroom is rather unique in that it is a one-mana unit that is basically, for all intents and purposes, going to be in your deck for the rest of the game. One-mana cards, especially units, have got a lot of really good draw options for them. Like, Ikaru is a one-mana 1-2 one with Call to Action attached. You play a one-mana spell, it buffs up Mechroom by plus one, plus one. It's just a free plus one that you get for, like, playing Ikaru. For three mana, you have a 1-2 and a 2-4 with Guard, all for one card. You can also run Unfallu. It will shuffle a dead Ikaru back into your deck redraw it, and then you play your mech shroom. After mech shroom dies, you play a Karu again, you get your combo, mech shroom is a little bit bigger. These were combos that mech shroom decks were already doing, and you can also do them with like a lot of like Ellerwoods cards too, like Sabletooth, Elderfall is a popular one, Blood of Yixaf is a great draw option because it will mirror the stat buffs, and there's also good ones in other prisms too, like Fish can find it out pretty quickly, Castle Chrome, all of that. But uh, everybody always overlooked that what actually drove the Mechroom decks was actually like the speed at which you could play Mechroom turn after turn after turn. If you get the curve Mechroom one turn after the other after the other, then Mechroom's stat is just like wildly beyond the curve for the rest of the units. That's why the best counterplay in the Mechroom was actually to not kill it and just kind of wait around and twiddle your sums for the first five turns. Because by the time they start looping it on like turn 6 or whatever, it's actually like way behind the curve. You've created a bubble for yourself. But here, all of those great draw cards still exist. All of those great draw options are still just hanging out. Especially for like Hork Dig, which we get to, a deck that has preeminently had issues with draw power. Mostly stemming from the fact that heart draw options require you to run things like Chester, which sucks off of Ancient's Rise, and Eclipse, which is very vulnerable to dusting. If you really want to play Mechroom, you probably run it in big now. You can run Ikaru, you got Mechroom, you have Unfallow, that makes a good draw engine. Mechroom is cheap, it's guard, we can play it with Shogun. Shogun is just good, and it works well with things like uh, Jar Souls, if you manage to like, play guard units or whatever, it goes with Armist Guards. But also it kind of works as fuel for like Standus 1, another Overlook Strength card. You uh, just play it, you get Mechroom, you get some 2-mana thing you get a rando 3-mana unit. And there's just like a lot of things that you can do with this card. It's not as dead as people think it is, especially because if it is, it does end up becoming good. It kind of sabotages your opponent when they steal it, because there's no way that they are going to win with a stolen mechstrom. So if they steal it, it just ends up dead in their deck. Very good insight. Yeah, I was thinking a number of those things, and you put it a little bit more detailed than I would have been able to. Yeah, that's a bit long, but the short of it is, like, rethink how you approach cards. It's like, the worst thing you can do as a card player is think in a single linear direction. Because as soon as you run into something where that style doesn't work, and you will run into that, you're just going to lose every time. I think that that is the point I've made uh, a number of times, is that decks should be at least a little bit able to handle different situations by playing them differently, you know, in different matchups, you play a deck differently. And I find a lot of people do have a, you know, one way to look at 
how they're going to win the game. This is my win con. This is what I do to get there. This is how I beat them. And then they're turn dead turn nine. And if it doesn't work right and I can't pull that off anymore, I'm going to concede and move to the next one. And I don't like that thought process. I like to, okay, what I wanted to do isn't going to work. Let's try and find a different use for these cards to make something that might work. Yeah. It's exactly yeah, sure. like what good play focuses on. Yeah. The 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 point I really like uh, about this measure enough is that the the strategy that centered around copying copying measurement is no longer valid now because uh before before you get enough uh you can actually run this kind of strategy because plus two plus two is already enough value to support the this kind of gameplay strategy but uh since now it only get plus one plus one every time it dies. It will no longer be able to catch up the value uh, as the mana curve just go higher and higher as the game progress. So, so for example, there was a, a variation of Mastron strategy that is called Zitishun, and they try to play Nakamoto to dust their deck as soon as possible. And then the rest of the game, they just keep on uh, copying uh, measurement with something like Illusion, Mercurial Mimic, and maybe a Dual Boot or something like that. Tongue and, Golem. Yeah, also Tongue Golem. And after that stage of the game, every turn, you just draw a measurement and play them. You just do nothing else. And it's not really a good experience both for the FT player and their opponent, in my opinion. So uh, this change will almost completely kill the possibility of that kind of decks. But uh, if, if you are playing something like, for example, mid-range Zoi, so uh, you can uh, use the a lot of synergy with measurement with Zoi. So for example, you have Supersonic, and you probably have Speed Boost. And, and so on and so forth. So uh, after the measurement died a couple of times, uh, your cards like your cards like Supersonic really have great value because usually you will bring a four six with uh, with ready on board, and you can clear one of your opponent units or, or deal some damage while leaving a very good guard unit on board. So of course the state is slightly nerfed, but it's still a valid play. And in this kind of deck, Meshran is not a win con, but instead of a value card. And before the patch 107, this value might be a bit overwhelming, even though a very good player should be able to handle uh, Meshran if they know what they often have been doing. But new player would have a harder time against these uh, these turns that keep just get, getting bigger and, and coming back uh forever like literally forever so i think those will be less frustrated to play against but still a valid strategy and another thing i would like to mention is that if you play a city turn i mean uh known nakamoto variations uh measurement was actually buffed in patch 106 because one of the key cards that have interaction with it and I'm talking about the Puppet Master. So what Puppet Master oh, yeah. does was... Uh, 
I, I mean did before patch 106 is it will summon uh highest cost units below four calls uh as two two and give it guard. But after the patch 106, its effects got changed to uh summon a one cost unit and give it dash. So uh if your measurement dies a couple a, a couple of times and it gains some power, so for example if like if it dies three times, it will become a seven eight. And if you play Puppet Master, it's just a five cost three three, which bring a seven eight with dash, which is very, very strong. So with the Puppet Master change, uh CT Shrine decks actually got a huge buff. And we also have to respect the fact that Puppet Master have Puppet String on it. And we all know the biggest counter strategy to measuring is to steal it. But with Puppet Master, you can actually steal measuring back again from your opponent. So it's a really strong addition to uh this kind of decks. So consider yeah. Okay. I wanna sure. cut in here and say there's a very similar thing in Zoe that I've seen a couple people pull off. But it's almost the same idea except for Dash, it's ready. People are running Skyfire Master with the Supersonic attached and getting Shroom out of that. Huh. Um, so yeah, they'll be playing Zoe, they'll get the Shroom up there a few times. They'll have Supersonic main deck, but then they'll also Skyfire Master and pull another Shroom out already and be kind of aggressive with it. But it's just like you said, it'll be good value. Yeah. So with these new cards and uh, changed old card introduced. I think the, the nerf is pretty fair. Yeah. Okay, well that covers the nerfs for patch 107. Uh, what what deck do you think got hurt the absolute worst? I mean, obviously Nakamoto Mai, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think any other decks have been nerfed. Uh, but since... Um, one of the strongest cards in Kirimeta, in my opinion, uh, which is Soul Titan, is Dead Untouched. So I actually think some new uh, deck building idea with Agility Prison is uh, uh, maybe possible after patch 107. So uh, for example, um, we've seen a lot of people experience uh, team with new decks uh, after Hexbound Invasion, but uh, uh, they are just uh, using the uh, completely different variation to the meta decks, so none of these kind of decks will make it onto the uh, meta snapshot decklist. So uh, for example, there are some kind of unknown decks that have been performing well in these two weeks, uh, and uh, I will mention two of them. So the first one is the uh, Unophobia Mai, which uh, have been existing uh, a long time since the Clash of Inventors. And now uh, we've seen some variation that run uh, Wildland Bikers and Soul Pair Titan as the two only uh, fire cards. So if you draw Wild Wildland Biker, it will draw you Soul Pair Titan after the fate got triggered. And they also run something like uh, a vile deal, which has good synergy with the titans. And this kind of deck really has a decent win rate, but they have a low play rate, so actually uh, no player have noticed this kind of deck yet. 
And we also see some uh, iris mid-range variation that runs Sophia Titan. And uh, we even see Sophia Titan be, being mandated in iris banner. So these are uh, all possibility to become... I built, I built an iris deck with uh, around shields up to pull Soulfire Titan to make it a 714. And then you could run Shield Bash to make it a 1515. And then Ruin Visage as a 1717. And you could play all of those cards for very little mana. And you could probably even fit in speed boots there to do 15 burst damage or remove something with shield. Attack with shield with dash and then do 15 burst damage and have a 1717 sitting there afterwards. It was not a hard combo to pull off, but it was not good against Nakamai. Yeah. So, uh, generally speaking, I think Soul Titan, Titan is just a strong card. But uh, among all the strategies centering around Dopa Titan, uh, my Nakamoto is probably just too strong. So everybody is just running uh, my if they want to use Dopa Titan. But now, uh, since the Nakamoto strategy is changed dramatically, uh, I guess we will also see some chance that uh, other agility present related deck will run Sophia Titan in the upcoming weeks. I mean vile deal with Soulfire Titan, Soulfire Titan can is just insanely strong. Yeah. It's insanely strong. Until the Soulfire Titan dies to germinate. I mean, you can get out a seven seven with dash, so even if it dies it doesn't affect and it's drawing you four cards hypothetically if you're running low on cards like i don't care if it dies to germinate that's seven instant damage and four cards that's strong for three mana yeah it's like a, a body attached to burnout <laughs> like literally that and also uh since we mentioned bio deal uh i will provide the statistical data for you guys so uh it's Actually, the only Hexmount Invasion cards which make it to the top 10 cards, top 10 cards with the most win rate in last two weeks. It has a whipping 58% win rate. God. See, I love this. The card that does damage to yourself is the one that wins you the most. Yeah. <laughs> That's entirely so That's... Fire Titan. Uh, you know, draw is super important and banner early. Like, you can run that and in the first couple turns get... I, I've been doing it. You can draw and clear with the banner. You can play it on a unit and get three banner um, vial, vials. And it's just crazy what you're going to get value out of for um, Dash for the Cup for you know, Drone Surge for another one that works a lot is you just do insane amounts of damage to yourself and then get Epic Eagle out there and then just push a crap ton of damage there. Epic Eagle, hit him. Speed Boots on Epic Eagle, hit him. And you were at 16 health. They were at 17. Now they're at, like, close to none. And you you did it all because you did damage to yourself early. It's more than Soul Pyre, but Soul Pyre is what makes it work. Because there's also that for free at some point. 
Yeah. Yeah. I really I really like this kind of strategy and I, I think actually our cure meta is lacking this kind of super aggressive deck that deal damage with units. But somehow you need you need to take some recoil for sure. Uh and I think there are some potential idea with Zoe uh, that use Valdeo. So uh I have been using uh Mono Boron last season uh as the uh, mono prison challenge and one one combo that I would really like to play in mid game is to play the uh bio on my fun guy which will buff my robot so bio deal is actually uh excellent card if you actually have a lot of units that you would like to trigger their death effect for example so, absolutely yeah yeah so and you can even run Soul Pyre Titan if you are playing this kind of uh, super super aggressive Zoe deck. So you can choose to use the Vials on yourself or on your uh, one of your units with Death Effect, which uh, bring really versatile game plan uh, op- uh, options. So I'll include my Zoe aggro in the comment descriptions, but it really is the the plan is to just push damage uh with units early it even has flame zomboid you'll do three damage to yourself you might do 12 damage to yourself in one turn and you're you know with vulpine and fireboid and file zeal and you're just pushing then you dash to the cup then you epic eagle then you drill bot and you're just pushing burn and then right around the time you start running out of cards your free titan comes out you play Burnout, or now I think Pandora is going to be exceptionally good in it too to help you reload and find that last little burn. You just needed a clapback. You just needed that extra four damage or whatever. Finding that last burn is really easy because you get drones or you get catch. You get some burn from your last four cards, and that's the point where they're just trying to stabilize is right then, and then you can just pull it out. Oh, look, I got deadbeats and finish it off. Yeah, yeah, I really like this kind of strategy because uh, it brings a new dimension of how you handle your resources on, with an aggro deck. So, uh, for example, if you happen to play Fox Hyper or any strange prison-based aggro, you will be finding the circumstances that you are really, really ahead, but you run out of cards. So you cannot finish off your opponent. So this kind of uh, agility strategy is kind of similar to uh, uh, the resource uh, running out of resource issue, but the resource in this kind of agility deck is actually the health of your hero. So uh, as they just mentioned, you almost never run out of cards in this kind of Roy deck because with Vialdeal, you can draw cards. Uh, with Dash for the, for the card, you draw cards. With Soulfire Titan, you draw cards, but in order to make this kind of strategy work, you always have to do a lot of damage to yourself. So uh, the resources that you really care about is your hero's health, not your cards. So they are kind of similar strategy, but one of them are really, really looking to utilize the resources as your hand, uh, the cards in your hand. But another one is utilizing them as the health of your hero. So this brings two completely different kind of uh, strategy in your aggro deck, 
which uh, I, I haven't seen something like this in any other cards again. So I, 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 I'm really liking this aspect of their design. Absolutely. Yup. So I guess we are closing to the end of this episode. Yeah, do I we, think so. Do we want to discuss anything else? Do we miss anything? We could talk about well, we the secret over. art that got cut from the last podcast. <laughs> no, we got we got some secrets. We got some secrets. There, there'll be there'll be a paid to listen to podcast where we talk about <laughs> secrets. Yeah, it'll be. It will only be for our fans. Say, uh, yeah, yeah. only fans. The, pa- you might the Patreon say. members. Yeah, yeah, Patreon. Get that us. that's what we'll use. Okay, this is a pay to win podcast. I <laughs> know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think that covers everything. Uh, what's your summary, uh, Bacon, of the nerves and what you see coming forward? What's your quick summary? I thought they were very good altogether. I thought that uh, culture and meta balanced like a lot of competing priorities very well. And I also appreciate the restraint and not touching any of the Hexbound Invasion cards, especially since like we just got those and the meta was kind of being warped by uh, Nakamoto things. So like now that we kind of have, well, probably in my opinion, be a more diverse meta, we should start to see like the actual win rates and play rates and stuff kind of be a bit more reflective of a more generic state of the game. Closing thoughts, Sidus? Um, I'm kind of worried about the strangeism being too too dominating in the upcoming meta. And uh, I actually like most of the change in this patch, except from Nakamoto and Burnout. Uh, I mean, I will still try to build decks with these two spe- specific cards and see what I can do. Um, but it's kind of difficult, I think. And for the upcoming meta, my prediction is that uh, we will be seeing more uh, decks that are centering around strength-based prison because they are just too good. And the Shogun nerf is kind of uh, fair, but I don't know. I don't know if the change on Shogun and Buster Square is is enough because they just have too many good cards right now. But I guess we will keep observing in the upcoming week. And if anything, we will be discussing in the next episode. And my prediction for the future of Skyweaver, the immediate future, is that your Mirror Aether Surge deck becomes dominant and everyone starts playing it. And in two weeks, we get a nerf to both Stormbreaker and Storm's Echo because of you, Sidus. No. That will kill more puzzles. Okay, well, we'll we'll do we'll do Storm's Echo, Stormbreaker, and Sonic Signal then. No, don't don't bring <laughs> my bear dad into this. Spellbreaker I mean, is cool. You leave him alone. Yeah, Sonic right, Signal well, is. That... Go ahead. I I think Sonic Signal is a, a very very interesting card. So if you get nerf, I will be very sad. I just threw that one in there as a bonus so you'd get less sad at the other one, other two when they happen. I think, All right, guys. I think you can nerf then. <laughs> I don't All care. Right. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We'll be back again uh, next week for another one. We appreciate you listening and have a wonderful day, night, and life. <laughs>